the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Yes, indeed it is, and a good morning to you. Thank you for joining us as we get started at 7 minutes after the hour of 9 o'clock on this Wednesday, the third morning of the seventh month of the year of our Lord, 2019. And indeed, I'm going to follow up Hugh Hewitt, Hewitt there by saying happy birthday to the United States of America just a little bit early because tomorrow on the actual Independence Day celebration, we will not have a live show for you. We will have a best-of show, and I understand the crew is putting together a really, really good uh a list of some of the better segments and interviews that we have had over the course of the last several months. So the best of the Bob France Authority on tomorrow's broadcast. So today, as noted, we will uh, say happy birthday to and commemorate the greatness of this country, no matter what the New York Times thinks about her. You did hear that, right? I mean, just when you think you've heard it all, uh, they, 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 they want up you. Uh, they 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 do the New York Times, CNN, MS. It doesn't matter what liberal organization that is trying to damage the reputation of this country. Every time you think they've hit rock bottom, they go lower. Or and I know that's opposite of what I just said because they they go higher. Whatever the reference you want to use is, whenever you think they can't get any worse, they get worse. The New York Times this week has decided this is a a great time on the anniversary of the birth of the greatest country on earth, the greatest country in the history of human civilization, the greatest force for good in the world today. Just when you think that it can't get any worse, they go worse. They go lower. They go higher. Again, pick your reference point. America is not that great. According to the New York Times, America is not the greatest nation on earth. America is doing eh, just okay, according to an op-ed and uh, a, a presentation by the New York Times. We're going to play some of that for you as we go today, and we're going to have a discussion uh, 
about why it is that liberals hate this country so. And again, I'm going to hit you with you know, a little bit of history here, going back to 2008, actually 2007 and 2008 in the presidential election cycle, in which candidate Barack Obama pledged, if he won the presidency, to transform, to fundamentally transform the United States of America. And I'm going to point out the obvious. You don't fundamentally transform something that you love. If you love something, you don't want to change it into something else. And millions of Americans heard Barack Obama say, I'm going to change this country, not help improve this country, not build upon this country's wonderful foundation of liberty, not build upon its successes. I'm going to transform it, fundamentally change it into something else. You don't do that. If you meet a woman and you tell her she's all right, she's okay, but for you to really love her, you're going to have to fundamentally change her into something else. How do you think that would go over? How do you think it would go over if you met somebody and said, I like you a little bit, but I want to fundamentally transform you into something else that I can really like? How do you think that would go over? Probably not very good. You'd you'd end up single for a very, very long time. Not that there's anything wrong with being single. Barack Obama went to the United States people and said, I want to fundamentally change this country. And the American people, shockingly, probably because of a lack of good options on the Republican side, said, yeah, let's do that. So when, when you think about what the New York Times is saying now, they are saying the same thing, essentially. The United States of America isn't that good. Or if it is good, it isn't that great. Even if it is great, it isn't what the patriots say that it is, which is the greatest nation in the history of human civilization. No, it's just okay because of all of its flaws, because of all of its problems, because of its gun deaths, because of its gun laws, because of its entertainment industry. Yes, TV watching. All of this stuff was contained in the New York Times slamming of the United States of America, and we're going to pick that apart as the program goes on today. We will defend our nation's reputation. We will defend our inherent greatness. We will defend, quite frankly today, American exceptionalism. Because despite what they say, despite what Colin Kaepernick thinks, despite what um, Nike believes, the United States of America is exceptional. The United States of America is the world's greatest force for good and always has been. And we will prove that point today. It's just that we will also scratch our heads. At least I'm doing it to mine. I I am. I'm sitting here just puzzling and puzzling until my puzzler is sore, wondering why it is that liberals hate this country so much, why Barack Obama wanted to fundamentally transform it, why today liberals want to change everything about it, why they want to deconstruct the American energy industry, why they want to deconstruct American manufacturing, why they want to deconstruct literally everything that has been built in this country over the course of the last 200-plus years. We are a nation that is experiencing wonderful, wonderful growth right now. This is a time of great prosperity. It's peace and prosperity in the United States right now. And rather than just kind of putting their feet up and saying, man, we are doing it, they are trying to tear it apart 
to not only recognize the prosperity and recognize the inherent goodness and the greatness of the United States and her people, they want to tear it down. I don't know why liberals hate this country so much. And what's really, really frightening when you think about it, all right, let me pull that, let me pull that back. Not frightening. What's really, really hilarious and entertaining is as the left tries to tell you what is wrong with this country, all of the reasons why we shouldn't be America first and all of the reasons why America is not fundamentally uh, great, it is not exceptional, they continue to assist all of these people in nations that are presumably better than this problematic nation in migrating legally and illegally to this country. They're waving all of these people from Central America, from South America, from Africa, from Europe, from Asia. They're waving them all in and saying, come on in. But why would they want to do that? Why would they want to bring all of these people into a nation that they hate? Why would they want to bring them into a nation that they find so deplorable and so disgusting? I mean, look at the leadership that we chose. This country is not great. Why are you subjecting all of these people around the world to this then? Why do you want them? And better yet, why do they want to come? Aren't they listening? Aren't the people in uh, these nations around the world uh, that uh, uh, are continuing to make dangerous journeys and breaking our laws to cross into the United States, aren't they paying attention? Don't they know that the United States isn't that good? Something's going wrong. Something's a little batty here. Either the liberals are wrong and the United States actually is the greatest country in the world and that's why people want to flock here, or they're just lying to you so that they can uh, recapture power. And I think we know the answer to, what, to, to that question. So I've got a lot of um, uh, Americana to discuss today. Let's put it that way. I am going to talk about the Kaepernick story and the latest developments there with Nike. I am going to talk about American exceptionalism uh, as it pertains to the New York Times slamming of this country. Uh, we are going to talk about immigration and the lying. I'm going to watch my language here. Uh, Representative Alexandria Damasio-Cortez, who went down to the border in Clint, Texas on Monday, and declared that there are abuses going on down there, that people are being tortured psychologically and physically, being forced to drink from toilets, and we're going to debunk the entire narrative, thanks to a group of Latino pastors who were in the very same facilities just two days earlier. They were there on Friday and saw a very, very different story uh, than what Alexandria Damasio-Cortez told on Monday. She didn't know that. She didn't know that people were going to call her BS immediately, but they are, and they have. And so we're going to talk about the humanitarian crisis at the border. We are going to talk about the national security crisis at the border. All of it ties into America and American exceptionalism. So we have those conversations to be had today. We are guest-free on this Wednesday, which is going to kind of act like a bit of a Friday because we are off tomorrow. So we are guest-free, and that means plenty of opportunities for you to be heard. 216 We'll put you on the radio. If you don't want to be on the radio but you want to have a say, tweet to me, Facebook comment to me, or comment to me on Parler which is a new app that conservatives, a social media platform conservatives are flocking to so that they don't have to worry about being banned and have their free speech censored. Parler is P-A-R-L-E-R. I am at all three of those locations under the handle 
France Radio, F-R-A-N-T-Z Radio. That's all one word, no spaces, no underscores. Let me hear from you on air and online as we continue on the Bob France Authority, AM 1420, The Answer. Now heard through downtown, through greater Cleveland, on 102.5 FM, it's the Bob France Authority. All right, it's 923. We're going to take a little bit of time now to um, deconstruct the hatred that the American left continues to display for the United States of America. Yes, uh, the New York Times felt that um, Independence Day week would be the would be the very best time to release this video, this op-ed online uh, by way of their Twitter feed, Twitter feed. This is from the New York Times opinion Twitter uh, Twitter account. Headlined, The Myth of America as the Greatest Nation on Earth is at best outdated and at worst wildly inaccurate. If you look at data, the U.S. is really just okay. I just... Uh... I, I can't say it any more plainly. The, the American left hates this country. The American left has no pride in this country, which is why the American left wants to fundamentally transform this country. They tried it in 2008. It failed. Uh, thankfully, patriots got together and elected a president not to follow up on the deconstruction and the transformation of this country with the likes of Hillary Clinton, but to reverse the ridiculous anti-U.S. policies advanced by the last president, Barack Obama. And we continue to uh, to celebrate American exceptionalism and American greatness. But the left continues to tell us that it's not so. I want you to listen to a little bit of the four-minute, 41-second presentation of anti-Americanism advanced by the New York Times, the venerable gray old lady, or old gray lady, or whatever the heck they call uh, that ancient newspaper of um, liberal, uh, liberal uh, I don't even know what to call it, pablum, liberal pablum from the New York Times. But here they are in auto, uh, auto and video form. America, the greatest country on earth. A narrative packed and sold to tiny patriots. Reinforced by every cartoon, movie, cheeseburger, and mattress sale. Guaranteed. A mythology so entrenched, our most beloved personalities urge us never to question it. Don't let anyone ever tell you that this country isn't great. This right now is the greatest country on earth. Greatest country, God. By the way, I have to pause there to let you know the voice you just heard there. That was the one that belonged to Michelle Obama. And oh, by the way, that was right about the time in July of 2016. No, I take that back. This is before, because it wasn't until we elected Barack Obama that she declared it's the first time she's ever been proud of this country. But as she was trying to get the president, uh, her husband elected, of course, uh, she was declaring American greatness. You're the greatest country in the world. America is the greatest country in the world. But what if we did question it? Now, hold on, patriots. I know what you're thinking. America's done some pretty great stuff. And you're right. We built a kick-ass democracy, walked on the moon. We don't have a democracy. We are a representative republic designed that way because democracy has serious shortcomings. 
We are a representative republic, a, a constitutional republic, and here's the New York Times as they try to tell us America isn't all it's cracked up to be, trying to describe us as a democracy. But continue. And we built universities so prestigious that even Taliban warlords send their kids. And they're still very patient. By the time the Cold War was waning and baby boomers were booming out their own babies, it truly felt like we were the greatest country on earth. Now, listen, of course there's no single way to measure greatness, but one good test is how we rank in the OECD, which is basically a golf club of 36 countries, predominantly wealthy, Western, and democratic. And unlike most golf clubs, this one's got some diversity, too. America is the richest country in this club, but we're also the poorest, with a whopping 18% poverty rate. Closer to Mexico than Western Europe, 12.8 million American children live in poverty. That's almost one in five of our kids. And speaking of kids, turns out at the level of high school science, we're 19th of 36. Okay, I'm going to pause there, as I frequently do during these types of things, to, of course, point out the poverty rate. Um, If the United States is number one in poverty, why are we being told that we must accept asylum seekers from the poorest nations in the world who are coming to the United States to get out of poverty? Why is it that the people of Guatemala, Honduras, El Salvador, that's just the Central American Triangle, but people from South American impoverished countries, people from uh, African impoverished countries, people from European impoverished why are they all coming to the United States to try to achieve wealth? If the United States is so overrun with poverty that we are the worst in the world. This is the New York Times, my friends. Reading, 20th. And math, a dismal 30th. Now, I'm not that good at math, not America's fault, but that does not add up well. Okay, so we're going to, we're going to punish America in the grading scale for our reading deficiencies when we continue, not we, when they, meaning liberals like the New York Times editorial board that put this piece of tripe together, this pile of tripe, I guess, does tripe come in pieces or piles? I don't know. I've never really sampled. Uh, at any rate, um, with the, those who put this thing together uh, continue to tell us that we have to, in the interest of diversity, not require people to come to the United States and learn English. You shouldn't make them learn English. That's jingoistic. That's uh, that's uh, uh, borderline racist and bigoted. That is not culturally sensitive. Why should people have to come here and learn English? They should be able to come here and speak their native language. And in fact, we will put their native language on all of our, their our ATMs. We'll make sure they can take driver's tests in their native language. They don't have to read the road signs. We'll make sure that they uh, can vote on ballots written in their native language. And then we're going to penalize them or penalize the United States for being so low in reading. Huh. That's kind of interesting. Because guess what? Most of our elementary schools that teach reading don't teach it in Spanish. They don't teach it in uh, Russian either. They don't teach it in German. They teach it in English. So number one, uh, let's, let's settle on a language and maybe we can get that number up a little bit. Number two, can we also just point out the obvious? The people responsible for the low, low uh, uh, reading levels in this country of American citizens who do speak English are the ones responsible for the conditions that they decried in the poverty aspect. Liberals, progressives, Democrats. 
because it's liberal, progressive, urban America, primarily, that has an extraordinarily low graduation rate, an extraordinarily low achievement rate when it comes to students because they don't have two parents, in most cases, in their households demanding that homework be done. Helping, assisting, working with teachers, working with aides, working with tutors, and so on and so forth to make sure kids that struggle get their opportunities that they need. Who's responsible for that? Those patriots who are calling America the greatest nation on earth or those who are condemning the United States because we don't read well enough? The liberal progressives are responsible for those communities almost exclusively, and you can look back at history and present leadership to see exactly which party is in control of those urban centers that are responsible for the bulk of the uh, illiteracy in the United States. Just take a look. The evidence is there. We will pick up on this New York Times hit piece on the United States and defend her honor as we continue right after the news on AM 1420, The Answer. News, opinion, insight. This is AM 1420, The Answer. All right, 935 as we continue on AM 1420, The Answer. It is, of course, Independence Day week. By the way, uh, I don't know if I want to go there. It, it, it just strikes me as odd that we give a day to moms every May and say, yay, mom. We give a day to dads in June. Yay, dads. We give a day to the United States of America in July, just one day tomorrow. You have a whole whole month last month to people who don't believe what they see in the mirror or to people who, depending on what their sexual appetites are, depending on who it is that they want to spend their time with and spend their intimacy with. We give a whole month to that. I just don't understand that. I mean, I don't give a rip, to be quite honest with you, with, with you, who you go to sleep with or who you wake up with. I don't care. It's none of my business. But yet they spent an entire month making it my business. If I want a month of patriotism, how far do you think I'd get? How far do you think Donald Trump would get if he petitioned the Congress to declare, and I don't know if the Congress has to declare a holiday, how that works, but to declare the entire month of July, Patriot Day, Independence Month, if you will, you know, Patriots Month or something of that nature. I wonder how that would go if every day we had red, white, and blue backgrounds on everything, every Facebook post, red, white, and blue, lighting up the buildings, uh, government buildings at local, state, and national levels, if we were just all about the great USA for a month, the way we were all about the rainbow backgrounds for the month of June. I wonder how fa- how well that would go over. That would go over as being racist to people of other countries. It would go over, we're, we're jingoistic, we are, uh, we are, you know, uh, 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 
I don't even know how to describe the phobia, I guess, the fear of other people. Uh, but, but, you know, people of other countries, of other cultures, we'd be called cultural phobic or whatever the case might be because we're celebrating too much Americana. That's what they would do. I think, I don't think that would go over very well. But I just find it odd because I'm, I, what brought it to my attention is I just keep calling this Independence Day week. You know, tomorrow is actually Independence Day, but we're all working the rest of the week. It's not really an actual week, but what, what if we were to make it a month? We just had a different kind of a month last month. But I don't want to digress too far from the point here. I want to go back to the New York Times. If you just turn it on the radio, the New York Times has decided, by way of their editorial board, to put out a 4-minute and 41-second video explaining why the United States is not the greatest nation on Earth. And why, the, well, here's their statement, quote, the myth of America is the greatest nation on Earth. They decide to announce uh, during the week we celebrate our birth and our independence from the tyranny of the British crown. The myth of America is the greatest nation on earth is that it is at best outdated and at worst wildly inaccurate, says the New York Times op-ed writers and editorial board that hate this country. If you look at data, they say the U.S. is really just okay. It's not exceptional. It's not great. It's just okay. So we're taking this and listening to it and deconstructing deconstructing it as we go. Let's pick it up. And neither does this. We spend more in health care than any other country in the golf club, especially out of our own private little pockets. But we live sicker and shorter lives. We're fatter. And globally, we're more likely to see newborns die. We're even behind Bosnia. But we have freedom in America. Let me stop and there before they start mocking freedom and liberty. Once again, I would ask, why do people from these other countries that are better than we are in infant mortality rate and health care spending per capita, etc., why are they all clamoring to get into the United States? This, this terrible country where we can't read? This terrible country where, where we, we, we live shorter lives? This terrible country where uh, we, we get sicker faster? Why is everyone clamoring to get into this country, this, this impoverished cesspool that the New York Times is describing? Now let's listen to them mock our freedoms. Everyone's jealous or something. The enemies of freedom. Pursuing the enemies of freedom. The enemies of freedom. And other enemies of freedom. Turns out a lot of countries have freedoms. And while we boast about them, using our rights is a different story. Only 56% of Americans turn out to vote, while it's closer to 80% in countries like Denmark and Australia. Again, I, I would like to know, why aren't people crossing dangerous terrain, traversing, uh, uh, you know, terrib terribly treacherous conditions to get into Denmark? Why aren't people, why are, why are people who are in some of the what we know as the third world countries, but who have better infant mortality rates than we do, according to what you just heard from their statistics, why are they begging to leave there and come here? Why aren't they, first of all, staying put? Second of all, why aren't they trying to get into Denmark? Why aren't they trying to get into other nations that have it so much better than we do? And as far as our liberties, let's take a closer look at that as well. They mocked our freedom, and they played those clips of American leaders saying our freedom, enemies of freedom, and so on. Lots of nations have freedom, not the kind of freedom we do. Lots of these nations where the New York Times wants to describe what the people have there as freedom, they don't have a Second Amendment to their constitutions, ones that guarantee them the rights to defend themselves against tyranny, 
whether it comes from within or from outside the government or the country. They don't have Second Amendment rights to self-defense by way of bearing arms. They don't have freedom of speech in a lot of these countries where quote-unquote hate speech is literally punishable by prison. You can't be thrown in prison for hate speech here. You can be criticized, you can be condemned, you can be kicked off of Facebook, but you can't be locked up for it because hate speech can't be defined. What one describes as being hateful, another might describe as being no, honest and legitimate and, in fact, beautiful. For example, the words of the Bible. A Christian describing marriage as between being a man and a woman as set forth by God? That's beautiful to Christians. That's hate speech to the LGBTQXYZ community. How dare you not recognize my marriage between a man and a man, or a woman and a woman, or two men and one woman, or two or two women and one man, or five or six together? How dare you? That's hate speech. That's why we don't criminalize hate speech in the United States. All of the, or a lot of these other countries that they're bragging about at the New York Times that have freedom would, would imprison people, banning said hate speech. So don't, don't try to describe freedom as being just one, you know, all-encompassing ideal. It is very, very, I won't, I won't say subjective, but there are different levels of freedom. And in the United States of America, it is pure freedom. It is pure liberty. Liberty that was bought and paid for by the blood of the very patriots they mocked at the beginning of this video. But we'll continue. And it's getting worse. This year, America slid on global rankings of corruption and freedom and dropped from a functional to a flawed democracy. So what- That's because, once again, liars at the New York Times editorial board, we are not a democracy. Don't compare us to European-style democracies. We are a representative constitutional republic. There is a big difference between a republic, a republic and a democracy. But besides our economy and military, are we actually number one in? Turns out... And by the way, there's the gloss over. Eh, what besides our economy and our military are we number one at? Those two things are extraordinary. And they gloss over them as if they're just eh, little side points. Eh, okay, we're number one in the economy, and we're number one in the military, but aside from that, what are we going to Now let's get back to trashing America, as if the economy, especially when it's, when it's humming along at such a phenomenal rate the way that it is right now as we live in this tremendous time of prosperity, to just suggest, eh, it's a no big deal, the economy. That matters. Because we are the country that comes up shooting every time another, when I say comes up shooting, that's a phrase for uh, money, not for actual shooting. We'll get to the military side in a second. And in fact, I'll say it both ways. We come up shooting anytime the world needs us to. Economically, we come up shooting with money. We reach deep and we do buy people's problems from them. How many times have we had to continue, and con- we do now, continue to donate billions and billions of dollars to less fortunate countries than ours? You know, we continue to talk about 
the triangle of countries in Central America, Guatemala and, and Honduras and, and El Salvador. And, and, and President Trump is going to cut off aid to them until they stop exporting their people and their problems up through the, the nation of Mexico to the United States. Well, let's take, a, take note of what we're saying there. We continue to give them aid. The president is calling for a halt to that, at least temporarily, while they clean up their own house there. But we are continuing to, to be the big daddy that provides allowances to all the little kids around the world. Uh, the aid that we give, the financial support that we give to third world nations, some of whom are not exactly appreciative to the United States of America, is astronomical. We are by far the most philanthropic, generous nation on earth because of our successful economy. And we're just going to gloss over that in the New York Times. And then we also come up shooting in the literal sense. I love that phrase, by the way. I really do. I think that works perfectly. Um, we also come up shooting whenever there are problems around the globe. Somebody has been invaded. Somebody else has been attacked. Somebody else is in danger of being wiped out. Uh, there is a genocide going on here. The United States military has continued to be, and it really was in the beginning and has continued until now, to be the greatest force for good. We defend the defenseless. We support those who need supporting. We, we will provide military assistance to so many of our allies around the world just to protect people who don't even live here. We put our lives on the line, our blood of our patriots who enlist in our all-volunteer milita- volunteer military to help people in other countries. And we're just going to gloss over that as, ah, outside of the economy and the military, what else is the United States number one at? Continue your mockery of this great nation on the eve of its birthday, New York Times, please. A lot of things. Civilian gun ownership, mass shootings, TV watching, prescription drug abuse, prison population. Oh, and almost number one on environmental damage. Let's pause there and hit some of those real quick. Mocking the fact that we are number one in civilian gun ownership. The reason we're number one in civilian gun ownership goes back to one of the other things that you mocked, New York Times, liberals, anti-American haters, is because we do have a unique version of freedom that you claimed other countries have but don't. We truly are free here because we can defend ourselves, because we can own weapons to protect our persons and our property, not just from violent criminals that may live among us, but potentially from tyrannical governments, which is why this country was born in the first place. This country was born July 4th, 1776, because we had to break away from a tyrannical government, and we needed weapons in order to do so, because they waged war on us as we, uh, as we departed. So civilian gun ownership is the, is the ultimate sign of freedom that you mocked and claimed other countries have freedom too. No, they don't. Mass shootings are terrible. They are also a sign of that freedom. The fact of the matter is, you can't legislate evil. You can't root evil out of people. There are going to be evil people, dangerous people, demented people. And all we can do is provide other people with the liberty to be able to defend themselves against evil. And yes, to have common sense laws, which we do, which deny people who are evil people, people with criminal records with felonies, and people who are deemed mentally unstable from owning those firearms. 
We do it right. But the fact of the matter is, we cannot do it all because freedom allows people to make their own choices. We're number one in TV watching. Oh, well, then, okay, so I guess that makes us terrible. Why don't you point your uh, finger of blame at the entertainment vehicles that provide it? Why don't you point your finger at your beloved Hollywood? Aren't they the ones who provide us with all of that? We're number one with prescription drug abuse as well. Okay, let's talk about how and why people get hooked to prescription drugs, hooked on prescription drugs, because of the unbelievably casual attitude that you liberals at the New York Times and elsewhere have toward actual drugs. You criticize the United States for throwing people in jail for drug abuse, and then when they can't afford their street drugs, they go to their doctors and get it from uh, from uh, 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 physicians faking pain and so on and so forth. And now you're criticizing us for prescription drug abuse. What do you want? Do you want us to legalize drugs the way you the way you're always uh, arguing, or do you want us to actually continue the war against drugs? Make up your minds. And then what else did they say at the drug end of abuse? That? Prison population. Oh yeah, the prison population. You can't store, can't throw people in jail. We're criminalizing our population. And then there's environmental damage as well. We're second in environmental damage, they say. Edged out by China. It's gotten to a point where I think there are specific times and places where you can confuse America for a developing country, as elections are tampered with, water can't be drunk from taps, <laughs> citizens don't trust uniformed officers, infrastructure is crumbling. It is, an, it is incredible to me that they can put this video together knowing that they and their ilk are responsible for so much of the content. So much of the American people's distrust, and it's not all American people's, obviously, it's very, very specific segments of the American population that have distrust for uniformed officers, fomented by the tripe you find in the New York Times and on TV with CNN and MSNBC, hatred for police, blaming of police, calling them racist, and so on and so forth, uh, claiming that elections have been tampered with, Election, an election that was not tampered with, but again, more fake news from them, and then they're claiming that this is evidence that the American, uh, the United States of America is, is not the greatest nation on earth. I would submit to you again, this all goes back once again to freedom. You have freedom of the press, and the press doesn't have to be honest. The press can plant whatever fake stories they want out there because they have freedom, and then you can use those fake stories to say, see, uh, the American electoral system is compromised. He drunk from taps. Citizens don't trust uniformed officers. Infrastructure is crumbling. And where a dual system is emerging when public services are for sale for the highest bidder. You see this in countries like Pakistan or Nigeria, where the rich don't worry about the sad state of electricity or police because, well, they have generators and private security. And yet the people in Pakistan and Nigeria and all these other uh, impoverished countries are begging to come to the United States, this country that you continue to criticize. Or in America, where the Kardashians rent their own firefighting force. We were fortunate enough and blessed enough, and I know that not everyone has this luxury available to them, but we were able to get private firefighters. When health, education, and safety are increasingly privatized or driven by privilege, the truth is, how great America is really depends on how rich you are. Wow, so that's what it's all about. It all It's going to come back to classism. That's what the New York Times does. I'm going to stop it there. There's 40 seconds left, but I'm already late for my break. But this is what the New York Times, the oldest... And at one time, once most respected newspaper 
and widest, wide, most widely circulated newspaper in the biggest city in America. This is the way they celebrate the birth of the United States, to describe everything that's wrong with it and why so many other nations around the world are better than this one. And yet, they continue to cheerlead immigration, legal and illegal, into this country. This country that they find so deplorable. Back after this. It's the Bob France Authority, here on AM 1420. The answer. All right, obviously, just one minute before 10 o'clock here, so I don't have time to take a phone call or do anything else uh, exciting. So I'm just going to uh, ask you to hold on if you're on hold to the other side of the news. 216-901-0945 if you'd like to get on hold. 888-281-1110. I did spend the hour in defense of the United States of America as the greatest nation on this planet and its exceptionalism in the face of the relentless attacks by the American left, this time in the form of the New York Times. And so if it... Uh, Got a little bit um, overly patriotic in that first hour, then I apologize. Not. Tomorrow is the celebration of the birth of this country. The founders of this nation fought and bled. The patriots, the original patriots. We talk about patriotism today. The original patriots, the ones who were willing to fight the British, the ones who were willing to cast that tyrannical crown off and declare our own independence in liberty. We said we would never, ever forget their sacrifices. And each and every July 4th, that is what we hold true. And that is what we continue to do. Even as the United States is attacked for, under attack from within, from the likes of the American left, again, personified in this case by the New York Times. So I will not apologize for defending this great country, at least in the language that I can. And, of course, I will continue to salute those who defend it in action in service in our United States Armed Forces. Now, I will open up the phone lines, and we will be guest-free in hour number two as well. I will take your phone calls immediately after this newscast. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.